0: today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag.
1: Here's the thing, when you understand that prayer is just constant, conscious communion and communication with God all day, every day, throughout the day, it changes everything. I mean, you're just talking to Him about everything. You're you're asking Him, please Lord, but there'd be toilet paper on the shelf when i go to the store. <laughs> I mean, you know, things like that. Just, you pray about everything. You just talk to them about anything.
0: You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of 2 Thessalonians. The topic of consistency of prayer is often a source of guilt for many. So you may try harder, make it more scheduled and formal. However, today, Pastor J.D. will encourage you to approach prayer as a conversation, a constant awareness and communion with God who longs to hear from you. It'll change everything. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor J.D. in the book of 2 Thessalonians, chapter 1, with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth.
1: Been looking forward to our study in 2 Thessalonians, and today we're going to resume our study through this epistle. Uh, 2 Thessalonians, chapter 1, is going to be our text, and we're going to finish the chapter today. We left off some time ago now in verse 10 of chapter 1, so we'll pick it up in verse 11, and our text will be verses 11 and 12. The text the Apostle Paul is writing to this church in Thessalonica, and by the Holy Spirit says in verse 11, with this in mind, we constantly pray for you that our God may make you worthy of His calling and that by His power He may bring to fruition your every desire for goodness, and your every deed prompted by faith. We pray, verse 12, this, so that the name of our Lord Jesus may be glorified in you and you in Him, according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. So I want to talk with you today about prayer. And specifically as it relates to how we pray, how we pray now with everything that's happening in the world today. In the text that's before us today, the Apostle Paul is writing to the Christians in Thessalonica concerning how he has been praying for them. And it's very interesting that Paul would continue to bring up just how much he loves them and prays for them. Before we jump into this, I think it would be helpful to kind of get up to speeds. But it's been about a year that has gone by since Paul wrote his first letter, which was actually his very first letter, the very first letter that the Holy Spirit inspired the Apostle Paul to write. It was to the Thessalonians. And uh, it seems that a lot happened during that time, during that one year period between the first and second letter, not the least of which was a forged letter that apparently was making its way around as if from Paul. And it was causing a lot of problems and creating a lot of confusion. It's important to understand that this was a new church. And these were young believers and they were enduring severe persecution and affliction. And I point that out because despite the difficulty and hardship, they were growing in faith and abounding in love. However, they were also weary in the affliction and persecution, which is why Paul writes them and why Paul prays for them as an encouragement to them. It's not so much that he prayed for them, it's how he prayed for them. And that's what I would like for us to take a closer look at. This because it is so apropos to how it is that we, as a church, ought to pray, not just as a church, but for the church in this unprecedented time in human history. What follows is a template of sorts from just these two verses, and I hope that you'll be as encouraged by them as much as they have encouraged me. First, in the first part of verse 11, notice that Paul prayed constantly. Now this might seem like a firm grasp of the obvious at first read. I mean throughout his epistles, he always talks about praying continually, writing to the Ephesians, how that he would just pray continually throughout all of his writings, which is interesting, by the way, because in order to pray continually, that would imply that while you're driving, you can't close your eyes and fold your hands. That would be a mistake. <laughs> and I don't, I don't mean to be silly, but I do have a point here, and the point is, is that Prayer is simply talking to the Lord. And I have to confess that it was this simple truth that changed my prayer life in ways that I could have never imagined. I mean, it just changed everything. I had made prayer so complicated. I mean, it was so formal. And it became a chore, a got-to instead of a get-to. And then whenever I would read, it didn't help when I would read in Scripture where Paul is exhorting us to pray continually. Man, if you ever want to give somebody a guilt trip and lay a heavy trip on them, just talk to them about how much they pray. Who, Who among us doesn't need to pray more. Have you heard that expression, I, I'm prayed up? Really? How did you do that? What? I'd like to know how you do that. I mean, you know, I, you hear these guys, these men mightily used of God, women too. And they're asked at the end of their lives this question. It's a good question if you had to do it all over again, what would you do differently? And you know what the answer usually is? I would have prayed more. Well, that doesn't help either, (laughs) because now all of a sudden I even feel guiltier. Oh, I, I need to pray more. But here's the thing, when you understand that prayer is just constant conscious communion and communication with God all day, every day, throughout the day, it changes everything. I mean, you're just talking to Him about everything. You're, you're asking Him, please Lord, but there be toilet paper on the shelf when I go to the store. <laughs> I mean, you know, things like that. Just you pray about everything. You just talk to him about anything. Can I just, you know. I'm sorry, I couldn't resist on that one. But he tells them that it's to this end and with this in mind that he and those with him constantly pray for the Thessalonians. Now the question is, to what end? And what is the this that he had in mind? And the answer is in the previous verses, dealing with those troublemakers that were causing problems. Not only causing problems within the church, but those who outwardly brought persecution against the church. Listen to what he said in the prior verses, verses 6-10 through 10 of the first chapter. He says, God is just. He will pay back trouble to those who trouble you, and give relief to you who are troubled, and to us as well. <laughs> when? Oh, This will happen when the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven in blazing fire with His powerful angels. He will punish those who do not know God and do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus. They will be punished with everlasting destruction and shut out from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of His might, on the day He comes to be glorified in His holy people, and to be marveled at among all those who have believed. This includes you, because you believed our testimony to you. What's Paul saying? Listen, I know that you're being persecuted. I know that you're enduring tremendous and severe affliction. I know you're battle weary, but there is coming a day when God is going to have the final word. And when the Lord returns, that's it. And you be encouraged. They're going to have their day. I have to confess that this has been a big issue for me, especially as of late, as I see everything that's happening in the world, especially with what's happening with these um, criminals. These criminal, criminal anarchists. We talked about that during the prophecy update. I'm not going to go back into that. But you know, I'm just, I'm looking and, and I'm, I'm looking at this and I'm saying, okay, Lord, you're going to have the final word on this. You're going to have the final word on this. I'm just going to look to you, wait on you and put my trust in you because that day is coming sooner than we think. And those who are doing these things, God will judge. Why? Because God is just. In the second part of verse 11, Paul says that he prays they will be counted worthy. Now this is going (laughs) to require some explanation and clarification. Please know that Paul is not saying that our works are what count us worthy. What he is saying is, we all have a calling as Christians, and it's incumbent upon us to pray that we are worthy of His calling. You know, I've been asked uh, recently, how should I pray? Concerning everything that's going on, how should I pray? And my go-to is what we refer to as the Lord's Prayer, which is actually not the Lord's Prayer. It's actually our prayer, because the disciples asked Jesus to teach them how to pray. So he says, this is how you're to pray. And by the way, interesting that they would ask Jesus to teach them how to pray. Interesting, they didn't asked Jesus to teach them how to preach. No, they asked Jesus to teach them how to pray. You know why? Because the disciples watched the Savior and how often He would go and be alone and in the presence of the Father and pray sometimes all night throughout the night. And they saw the power that came because of that. And they wanted that. And that's a good thing. So Jesus answers their question. You want to know how to pray? This is how to pray. And we all know the prayer. In fact, in some respects, I think we know it too well that it just becomes rote and reciting this formality. There's one part in the prayer that I want to draw your attention to. And it's at the end when Jesus says, this is how to pray. Pray, Lord, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. For thine is the power and the kingdom and the glory forever. That's a good way to pray. Thy kingdom come. I'm praying that every day. (laughs) As as it gets worse by the day, Lord, thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's the calling. That's what Paul is saying. Now, the question becomes one of how can we be counted worthy of his calling? And the answer is in verse 5 of the chapter. Paul says all this, all this enduring of affliction and suffering of persecution, all of this is evidence, and this is important, that God's judgment is right. And as a result, you will be counted worthy of the kingdom of God for which you are suffering. I need you to think through this with me, especially if you're here today and you're going through a very difficult trial, which I would imagine some, if not most of you are, just by virtue of what's happening in the world today. Have you ever thought of it this way? That God is looking for someone whom He can trust with a difficult cup of suffering from which to drink. And He's looking for someone who is worthy of that suffering, for the kingdom, for His glory. You know, after our daughter Noelle died, and we were grieving, and I mean it was so painful, something the Lord ministered to me that just, I mean, it settled me, and I never looked back, so to speak he basically posed a question to me. And the question was along these lines. So as I was looking for a mother and a father to give a baby girl to, that would be born with a terminal chromosomal anomaly, that as the medical community described, it would be incompatible with life. And and I'm looking for someone that I can count worthy of such a painful cup to drink from, be the most painful experience of your life. Um, I found you. But what if you were not counted worthy? I would have found somebody else. And I have to tell you that I cannot imagine all of these years later, my life having not had my daughter. And I mean, that changed everything. That we would be deemed worthy of such a painful suffering and trial to be the recipient of that, and that changed everything. When I saw it from that perspective, it just changed the way that I looked at it, and it, it healed my grieving heart, knowing that as the eyes of the Lord were searching to and fro throughout the earth, looking for a heart fully devoted to Him, fully committed to Him, worthy of such a thing, how, how many other parents did he pass up? Because this this baby girl's going to be born, and I'm like, that's my that's my baby girl. Not, nobody else. That she's, and I'll see her again in heaven. I can't imagine as painful as it was. Can't imagine not having had that baby girl. Well, this brings us to the third one. It's in the third part of verse 11. And Paul says that he prays for the power of the Holy Spirit. I really don't know if it's possible to overstate what Paul says here concerning the power of the Holy Spirit. Notice he says that it's the power of the Holy Spirit that brings it all to fruition. In other words, His power, he's praying for His power that He may bring to fruition, watch this, your every desire for goodness and your every deed prompted by faith. What's he saying? He's saying that Absent the power of the Holy Spirit, there will be no fruit of the Holy Spirit. Nothing will be brought to fruition. You know, I think we do err greatly when we overemphasize the gifts of the Holy Spirit at the expense of the fruit of the Holy Spirit. This is what God is bringing to fruition in our lives, and He's doing it by way of the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, the Christian that I pity the most is the Christian that's trying to live the Christian life and the energy of their own strength and the power of their own might. It's impossible. The only way, I know this is going <laughs> to seem uh, obvious, but the only way to live a holy life is by the power of the Holy Spirit. Holy life, Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit indwelling us and empowering us, that is the only way. And that is how we ought to pray every day, (laughs) all day, throughout the day. Lord, I need need the power of the Holy Spirit. Listen, I confess this before, but uh, oh man, it was so nice to worship today, wasn't it? It was like a... Cold glass of water to a parched and thirsty soul, and man, I was back there just so off key and just, you know, it's a. I think it was a joyful noise, but anyway, it was a noise for sure. But oh, it was just oh, it was so great. But as I'm back there just praising the Lord, I'm I'm praying, Lord, when I get up there and I have this dorky thing that I do. It's kind of a quirky thing, but I, I say, Lord, as soon as my Hands hit that pulpit. It, it, you take over. Cause if you, if, if you don't show up, <laughs> forget about it. I need the power. I need the anointing of the Holy Spirit when I get up here behind this pulpit. So absent the Holy Spirit, how, how is it possible
0: to live
1: a holy life?
0: We're so glad you joined us for this edition of In Spirit and Truth. Our time with you is coming to an end today, but that doesn't mean you have to stop learning from God's Word. We encourage you to read the Bible yourself. Each book holds information, encouragement, and instruction that will be beneficial to you. Are you part of a community of believers? If you haven't yet found a church that you can call home, we'd like to encourage you to make that a priority. A church family can be a source of support and comfort, and most importantly, a group of faithful prayer warriors. This is also a place you can serve and encourage others, too, and where you can be challenged to dive deeper into your relationship with Christ. If you're in the Kaneohe area, you have a standing invitation to be part of our family of believers. Come join Calvary Chapel Kaneohe on Sundays and Thursdays for a time of worship, fellowship and in-depth Bible study with Pastor J.D. You can find out more and get directions at our website in spiritandtruthradio.com. While you're there, be sure to check out Pastor J.D.'s additional teachings as well as his Mideast east Prophecy Updates, an accurate look at what the Bible has to say about this time in our world. You can also find Pastor J.D.'s ABCs of Salvation there, a great way to share the simplicity of the gospel message with friends and family. That's all available at our website again. That's inspiritandtruthradio.com. Thanks for tuning in today. Join us next time for more from God's word right here on In Spirit and Truth.
1: Right Holy me true to you. La la la